Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally, with a global perspective, and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, and life hacks, and today... Transit music. Yeah, we've got Allison Dennis here in the studio. Some of you may also know her by the the name Doctor Something, uh, as that is the name of her band. And um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and this transit single that just released. Was it last week? It was. Yeah, just like about a week and a half ago. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, I have a band slash project called Doctor Something. Um, and so um, I haven't always written up songs about transit, but um, uh, a while back I wrote a song about the Beaverton Transit Center uh, when I was spending a lot of time there uh, commuting. commuting. Uh, and uh, it led me during a period of writer's block to just be like, I should write a bunch more songs about transit centers. And so I've got a series of five that I'm working on completing recordings of and releasing nice yeah and for for folks in town who've been to beaverton transit center maybe when you listen to this song it will remind you of memories both past and present it's been hitting the top of the charts for our transit related (laughs) theme music here in pdx this week um and we look forward to getting into the um the guest of it as as we move along um but first, we've got to catch up a little bit because yeah, I've, I've been, you've out, been for out a little while now. <laughs> you've been we, kind of out of it. We took a break and then I yeah. got sick, and I'm still at, like getting over it. But I think I'm done with the sick part for the Yay. most. So that's that's good. I would tell you how my week went, but I was pretty much in bed most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Although well, I got um, up and then I stared at the ceiling. I and did. Then I made some soup. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much ceiling. it. Had some emergency. Um, although I did make it to Sunday Parkways um, just oh, yesterday. Oh, just last Sunday? Yeah. I did not. That's all right. Guess guess who I saw at Sunday Parkways? Um, Paula Funitake. No. Oh. Oh, but that's a good guess. Um, <laughs> saw, saw some Armando, saw some, oh, nice. some Dude Luna, and yes. uh, Corey Poole was out in oh, skates. Yeah? Nice. And also uh, Wait, ran in into... skates like, like, like roller skates? Oh, or? no, he was, he was oh, skating. Skating. Yeah, skating. Okay. He, had, he had the longboard in tow, um, and then uh, ran into Cyrus Didis out at the Sunday Parkways. Wait, what? Yeah. No. It's, 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 I guess it's what happens when you go to the... the the big fanfare of all bikiness up oh in northeast gosh. portland he's Wait, super cute was, by the way was he in a in the bike trailer no or? they were um i think they just walked because it was in the neighborhood so right. brock had okay. him in the in the um chest harness but uh that was oh, my, my first encounter man. with cyrus and i said you're super cute but i can't hug you because i'm still sick <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah it was it was my first sunday parkways i've actually ever been to um yeah because I typically work on the weekends, but I um, got off a little bit early yesterday. So that was pretty cool. I could see Yay. all the dots connecting, what what it's all about. Um, have you ever been to a Sunday Parkways, Allison? Uh, yeah, it's been a long time. Okay. I've, but yeah, been been to one in the distant past. Nice. Yeah. They're, they're a good yes. event. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've always talked them up, and I've always had a lot of people have fun at them. So I, yeah. was, I was happy to be able to go go myself. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much like the most exciting thing I've done in about a week and a half. <laughs> what it's have like, you been uh, up to? It's like the Sunday cookout for your bike family. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I really liked how I could just throw my kickstand down near a pool of people and not 
Like, I, theoretically, I could have worried about my bike being stolen, but I decided not to, and it felt very liberating. Nice. And I don't think I'll do it until the next Sunday Parkways, <laughs> but uh, right. it, was, it was a good feeling. That's about the right place to do it, yeah. I don't know if I would do that anywhere else either. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, how's how's your week been? Um, well, I mean, it, it's just started. <laughs> uh, it was good. My weekend... Um, so the reason why I guessed Paulo Funatake is okay. who you saw it was because she volunteers oh, at Sunday Parkways. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And I kind of flaked out on her. I mean, I was also non-committal, mm-hmm. but <laughs> if you're non-committal, is it technically flaking out? Right. Or were right, you never yeah, there exactly. in the first place? We spent Saturday fat biking together. Okay. Uh, it was her neighbor, Kelly, uh, Shelly, uh, Schmidt, who was on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Julie, whose last name I can't remember, which is fine because, you know, she may not want me to tell her last name over, you know, the internet. Anyways. Fair enough. Uh, she's not on the show yet, but she will be soon. Was that um, in relation to the click attack trail? It was. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 How'd yeah. that go? And Paula, Paula like hauled all of the bikes, you know, so there was her Wednesday with her, uh, my Pugsley, uh, neighbor Kelly's Pugsley, and then two like of the 27 plus category. Mm hmm. Uh, and a lot of it was just like loose rocks, nice um, along the trail, and which yeah, which you definitely was... want twenty seven plus for at, <laughs> right, at, at least, or like you know the the three point eights that we were running. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really nice. It was so much fun. I've never taken the Pugsley out on the trail before. Okay, and is the click totally Is the click attack run one that is um, theoretically underdiscovered or just kind of someplace new that not a lot of folks in Portland would necessarily have on their radar? Um, it's a good question. They were doing a trail cleanup that day, okay, and there were a lot of people um, coming in and out. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it was because the mode that we chose. There's a lot of hikers, mm-hmm. um, but we also didn't see like a. Uh, a lot of people, you know, we'd see like one or two at a time. Um, and we did, Oh, we did run into once we got into, maybe it is click proper, like the town. Okay. Um, the trail sort of, em- um, empties out there and then connects to another trail. Uh, and we stopped for like snacks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we ran into like another five bikers. Um, and they had come to the, click a tra- trail from the back way okay which is like up and over these mountains and, mm-hmm. and are we talking and, mount st helens or i'm i'm actually not familiar with where know, that trail is based I out of tell you either oh, okay that's all right <laughs> we've got the internet um, i can look it up later <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so they were they were coming onto the click trail or they were coming into click from i want to say the north and we were coming in from the south Mm-hmm. Or they were coming in from the east and we were coming in from the west. I don't know. Okay. Um, but anyways, it was kind of neat because they were all on these like just standard mountain sized tires. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all guys and one lady and the rest of in our group, we were all on these like fat plus size tires and it was all ladies and myself one guy <laughs> and you know it was like like watching our mirror image hmm. you know oh just kind of like the the reverse yeah, yeah 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 gotcha nice how would you say the trail went overall loved it only one person wiped out okay 
Um, That's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, it was because they were screwing around. Oh, they, yeah. Well, you know, one <laughs> they, thing leads they to another. Have done that. <laughs> yeah, there was. Um, it was me. I mean, how wide was the trail? Because I was um, hiking out uh, Mount Hood a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't actually know that you can ride bikes on the actual Oregon Trail as it comes off of the west side of I Mount Hood. I did not Hood. know that either. I mean, I'm guessing it's only for like a section of that, um, but I don't know if you've ever gone up uh, 26. There's like that little trail just off to the right, and there's like an Oregon Trail um, like information point, if you will, just uh-huh. when you get out of zigzag, basically. Right. Uh, and I always just kind of thought it was a pathway that people in those residences or campsites just kind of used to get between places, but we were hiking up it for maybe like 40 minutes or so. And we actually had like a couple of people mountain bike down past us on it. Um, but seemed seemed like it would actually be really fun because the theory would be as you bike like relatively easily up 26 just on the shoulder, but then you get to zip down this nice little trail there. Yeah, yeah. Um, had, had you you nodded you had have you been on that trail before no no okay. i just thought that was interesting because i had no idea yeah that, no and yeah, i i didn't either i guess like trail um, there. if kind of if, if wagons are fair game probably mountain bikes are fair <laughs> game too um but it's just kind of interesting the sections of oregon that that does uh go through so it's nice to see yeah yeah uh the trail was mostly single track like okay you know your standard like you got enough room for you and your bike mm-hmm. um but there was a few parts where there was like two or sometimes even three of us riding abreast. Oh, nice. Yes, that was pretty neat. Nice. Um, Paula had a drone with her. <laughs> it's cool. I took a picture of it. Um, she's got like this whole console set up on her handlebars. It's really awesome where like, you know, um, she can control the drone, you know, mm-hmm. uh, while also riding. Ooh, yeah. that sounds like a recipe for fun or disaster. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I don't I know can, if she's ever actually done I can barely both chat on my cell phone and drive. I mean, come on. <laughs> right. The potential is there. I don't know if she's actually done that. But. Okay. Yeah. I mean, some of them have like follow modes too. So you can, yeah. you can have it set or recognize you and then it will do its best. Yeah. We were doing that. Um, but it wasn't, I don't know if it was cause we were so far out and you know, cause it's cellular based. I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure either, but yeah, it wasn't able to follow us at one point. It like just, stood up there and mm-hmm. and like we rode and we're like wait where is it <laughs> just like a scared puppy <laughs> right. yeah and we had to like, like bike back and like bring it back seat to land oh there there my signal is hello yeah. yeah i wonder if it's yeah it might be like the 2.4 or 5 gigahertz wi-fi spectrum too um yeah um drones are are getting pretty crazy that actually ties in i'm gonna skip ahead to Ooh. last week uh Skip ahead to last week. Exactly. See what I did there. (laughs) Um, We have... Oh, shucks. I thought it was in this notes. We had a a reader recommendation for a book called The Optimist's Guide to... It was was last week. Okay. Yeah. I was was thinking I'm getting my rights. I'm forgetting Um, the name now, and I feel sheepish for that. But I did get that book, and I am reading it. Oh, you are. I I appreciate that recommendation. Damn um, it. It it has a lot to do with uh, oh yeah it was Todd okay because Todd sent in about the PubMed and then I disconnected it in my head so it was Todd thank yes. you Todd um, I am halfway through the book I'm looking forward to the second half and appreciate that recommendation but um, it talks a lot about just miniaturizing of technology and um, the pace at which that's happening so good good stuff and I look forward to giving a full synopsis once I'm finished right on um, yeah with that um, I've thought about picking up a drone over different periods of time but i think i'm in the camp right now that it's going to get cheaper and better the oh, longer i wait definitely. so yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in the like let's just wait it out camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
or uh, wait wait for the technology to get so bad I can pick one up for 25 bucks <laughs> on Craigslist or something like that. Um, cool. Good deal. Glad you got out to the click attack. Yeah. It, like I said, it was the first time I've done like, you know, any kind of like trail riding, but I definitely have the bug now. Yeah. Nice. That's a, that's a good bug. It's um, reminding me of like the first time I went mountain biking. I don't do a lot of trail riding either. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of just comes with the territory of riding a surly long haul trucker is uh, it, it is the Swiss army knife of bikes, uh, but it means it doesn't do everything uh, amazing. It means it does right. everything pretty okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I've definitely ridden on trails, but I don't know how much you would count it with the surly. Uh, <laughs> so I've been mountain biking maybe like four or five times. So with the first one, just getting used to it, like the trail feel, um, having something with suspension was the classic, like go off the first ramp and endo into the bushes. Oh, right. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's a little different over in these woods. Um, but glad you only had one wipe out there. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't bad either. That's like, good. That's good. Yeah. Um, well, Allison, we, we didn't bring you here today to listen to us ramble about trails, unless, of course, you want to. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks for joining us this evening. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And this is the fourth podcast you've been on, it sounds like. Uh, I believe so, yes. Nice. Good deal. So, so well, well attuned with all of the fanfare and fanciness <laughs> yep. that involves showing up at an Airstream. Exactly. Yeah. Good, good times. Um, how how did you get into music and and in translation? Uh, what was the process leading up to to your transit fascination, or how did you get into it? Um, I guess I've been playing music and singing for a very long time. I kind of uh, it. I grew up like it, in church choir as a kid, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, school band and all of that all of that stuff. So nice. I kind of grew up uh with a lot of being able to play music mm-hmm. which uh was definitely very nice <laughs> yeah what was your instrument of choice in school band uh clarinet nice and so yeah i still use a lot of clarinet in uh my recordings i don't play it live that much because usually like with my band um i'm just playing keyboards and singing okay and so uh but i do still like love using clarinet in recordings it has such a like nice round tone and it kind of gives everything uh, an interesting flavor you don't always hear Mm -hmm. um uh and it's nice too because it's it's so similar to saxophone i was able to pick up saxophone later Mm -hmm. and so that's also fun to play i play that in another band and nice it's good times (laughs) yeah and so um with the clarinet is that how you started getting into music writing was writing songs in that regard or did it sort of come out Oh, sorry. I, I actually uh, started writing when I started learning guitar. Uh, I think I was 12 or 13. Um, I got a guitar and started just kind of picking it up. I, you know, got like a little guidebook at the library and uh, taught myself chords and then, you know, practiced scales and chords and just kind of taught myself. And then, you know, once I had, a, you know, three chords down, then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, now I can start writing my own songs. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so what were, so, what did you strategically pick your first three? Cause on, on a guitar, <laughs> depending on which three you go for, it, op- it opens up a lot or a few songs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely the, the DC and G nice. are, are <laughs> a real good choice. And that was my first, yeah. <laughs> series of three chords. Good deal. And so um, the playing of the guitar, did you find it was easier to write songs for guitar than, I mean, I guess you can't really sing and play clarinet. So maybe that's a silly question. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, you you felt like that lended itself to the to the pursuit. Yeah, woodwinds are kind of a pain in that in uh, like they're also transposed to different keys that sound better based on how long they are hmm. and what material they're made of, and so it's um it's also one of those things where like you're playing in a different key than like a guitar or a keyboard would so it's like a guitar is much nicer in that everyone knows what what chord you're on what note you're on without having to transpose things and And if worse comes to worse you just throw a capo on and keep going yeah but also like guitar was like an easy portable way to be like oh i can back myself up while Mm -hmm. i sing um, so you a little know, it, hard to sing and play clarinet. At yeah, the same definitely. Time. And yeah. I, I never have mastered circular breathing, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, con- confession time. I, I, I switched from clarinet to tuba in school band, oh. and I too never got the circular breathing thing down. But um, as a, as a transportable instrument, there's uh, not a lot you can do <laughs> you with the tuba. Took a different turn, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, so, uh, I, I did too because I switched to keyboards. Now I have to lug around a big stage piano, but oh yeah, but it's uh, I love keyboard because it's it's such a good compositional instrument. Mm, Guitars, mm-hmm. it was really nice being able to start out in guitar because it's like oh I can write these simple three chord songs and it feels right. very accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yeah, once I started you know nerding out a little more and being like oh I want to write something weirder, like it's nice just having all the notes laid out in front of you. <laughs> It could be like, I can make all the weird choices I right. want. I don't have to like follow the circle of this or whatever feels inter- all easy the on the guitar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have to play a 12 bar blues, even though it feels easy on the guitar. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Nice. So with that, um, did you start getting into bands early on or did, how did the process of, of your group originate? Um, I actually, I really didn't get much into playing in bands uh, until uh, I moved to Portland. I mean, I had I had some groups I played in, and uh, of course I had you know more formal groups like choirs and band. And I was in a couple a cappella groups in college. And I had a group of friends. We we kind of occasionally would get together and write really goofy folk songs about pop culture. Uh, <laughs> nice. We're called Tastes Like Christmas after our favorite ice cream. It was this local <laughs> yeah. dairy had this like chai tea flavored ice cream, and it, it was very like cardamomy and yeah. Christmassy flavor, nice. so <laughs> we mm-hmm. didn't sing anything about Christmas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, in high school, I very, I, I have uh, until Portland, I have a history of playing in bands uh, that were very short lived and had very ridiculous names. Uh, in high school, very briefly, I actually played clarinet in a rock sort of pop rock band. Nice. That was called Fresh Bee and the Ghetto Horn Dogs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think that's like half of the fun of being in a band is deciding what the name is. Yeah. And then like eventually the bands that succeed, they're like, oh, it's the name and the, all the other stuff. But, right. but the first half is always the name. There's, I, <laughs> I see a lot of, a lot of good creative ones around town here. Um, for, for your band names, have you had a favorite over the year? I think Dr. Something is excellent, by the way. Oh, thank you. You, you, should keep, you should keep a hold <laughs> yes. of that one. Okay, that's good to hear. I feel like at this point, it's just kind of stuck. So I guess it's good to hear that it's it's a likable name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just chose that because it's kind of like, there's a lot of people that have stage names that are Dr. Something. And so it's just a <laughs> joke on that. But it's, I think, yeah. like, it doesn't always translate, I feel like, but... <laughs> Uh, it, it, I amuse myself with it, I, I suppose. And it, it yeah. adds an air of mystery, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, <laughs> hopefully. 
Well, I, I certainly didn't know what it meant, so mission, mission okay. accomplished. <laughs> um, was it something that you decided on with the group that you're with currently, or is it one that you had just kind of kicking around until this it was, application? It's funny. I, I had ac- actually developed it as a stage name before I formed the band mm-hmm. called Dr. Something. Uh, I was playing in this band called Coney Island Cartel, um, and uh, we, we played like jazz standards, but also like like new songs that we wrote in that style and uh but we all decided that we had to have like a a weird stage name so it's just like i'll be dr something and and then eventually when i yeah formed this band it was originally called dr something and the pop and fresh love engines Uh, (laughs) nice pretty good (laughs) (laughs) and then uh, like it was really weird i tried to make a like a facebook page for us Uh, like we were just kind of playing shows every so often under that name and then i tried to make a facebook page and then it was like you are not allowed to make a page for this band because Poppin' Fresh is a trademark of the Pillsbury oh, Corporation. And it's kind of like, oh, we might not be able to use the snake. Shucks. <laughs> right. And so I changed it to the Pipe and Hot Love Engines. Huh. And then that band kind of went defunct. And then when I reformed, I'm just like, I'm going to be Dr. Something. And sometimes I put with the band and sometimes it's solo. And mm-hmm. It's a little amorphous so now. So Dr. Something is your alter ego and the band. Yes. Yes. <laughs> nice. And I, I think part of it, too, is that like I don't want to uh, I don't want to kowtow to the nerds who want to be like oh actually Allison is the singer but the band is called Dr. Something it's like no it's both I don't care it's not like a blondie Debbie Harry situation uh, we'll get like it's it's whoever I could get to play Jethro you know. Toll was not the singer the yeah. singer's name was Ian Anderson oh shots fired yeah. <laughs> nice. I, I was that guy <laughs> I, I have been that person in the yeah. past as well so uh, but now now I, I i have that own self-loathing in me that makes me want to <laughs> thwart right that instinct own it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so when you're coming up with a song um what does that process look like for you or is it is it similar between tracks or does each sort of have their own there's definitely different processes. Part of it is depending on how I write the song. I've also sometimes done stuff where it's like completely acapella, um, which it helps. Um, I have kind of like a rudimentary studio in my apartment. So um, just the bedroom studio. And so it's nice being able to just be like, sometimes like I'll have melodies in my head. And so I'll just kind of like roll the recording software and <laughs> just start nice. singing stuff and yeah. kind of overdubbing until I figure out something that works. Um, and other times I just sit down at the piano and figure out some stuff, figure out melodies and like chord progressions that I like. Um, mm-hmm. And it pretty much always just you start, come starts out with and go music. Like, I'm going to do a prog rock song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think like when I was younger, I think sometimes I, I had more clear ideas of like, uh, yeah, I want to do like something in a certain genre or something of right. a certain feel. Uh, whereas, yeah, these days I think I, I usually just kind of like sit down at the keyboard or I just, something starts flying through my head and I'm like, oh, I should try recording that, just like singing that or, or figure it out on the piano and figure out some chords that mm-hmm. work well with it. And so, yeah, a lot of times it's melodies that float around my head, which, uh, I guess relevant to the Sprocket podcast is something that happens a lot when I'm riding my bike around. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of those yeah. things where like, y- you know, there's some focus, obviously, paying attention to the road, but it's not 
the kind of like I'm not working on anything. So it's a really nice activity where I can just kind of have a clear brain in a sense, you know, I'm not focused on like uh, uh, a really cerebral task. And I think that's really good for creativity. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it shuts off that sort of midbrain. Yeah. That, you know, Definitely. like, like, how am I going to get through work today? What am I going to mm-hmm. eat today? You know, all those, all those sort of like task oriented stuff that mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Was the um, Beaverton TC song? So you mentioned it, it came through your exposure to Beaverton Transit Center, but do you, was the original idea also um, that first melody? Was did it arrive to you at Beaverton TC, or do you think it was somewhere in the middle there? Um, I think that that one. Um, I remember when it was that I first kind of thought of the melody. I think I might have just been like recording stuff on a laptop in a in my bedroom <laughs> at that point mm-hmm. um but i was doing something called uh naso almo you've probably heard of nanowrimo the national novel writing month i uh, haven't no tell us it's uh uh it's it's sort of like a uh there's like a website for it and stuff and and there's a lot of like groups locally that meet up and people meet up and write and stuff and so the huh. idea is that you just write a novel in the month of uh um, I think it's November. Um, yeah, I think it's the same as Nasuamo. The month of November you use to uh, write your novel. And it's it's just about overcoming writer's block. Just like sit down and write whatever. And it has to be, I forget, there's like a number, a certain number of pages or words. Mm-hmm. I haven't actually done that challenge, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's a very popular challenge. And so uh, there were some indie musicians who came up with uh, Nasuamo, which is Nasu. Oh, okay. Nas- national solo album month where oh cool um you know a bunch of people um you have to write record or uh, yeah write and record an album all on your own in the month of november and uh so i did that challenge along with uh uh, my friend jake who also currently plays bass with dr something Mm -hmm. um and he has an excellent uh solo project called spirit duplicator if you like really bizarre um scronky music i definitely (laughs) encourage you to check that out um he's been making his awesome music for decades now um Mm -hmm. and his his uh sort of signature instrument is the language master which um what it's a series of um it originally i think it was used in like the 60s and 70s um it's like these strips of magnetic tape on these cards pieces of card stock that you run through this tape reader huh. and the original use was that you had these cards and on one side like it had a phrase in one language and then you could switch it to like another another track and then the other track on the magnetic strip would have the phrase hmm. in a different language so you could oh, use it to learn okay. phrases you yeah. know before i guess before everyone had a tape recorder or something Interesting. <laughs> right okay um and so he, he used to find these at garage sales and so he just records stuff on them and then he uses them to sort of warp the sound wow. and, oh, okay. and scratch the cards. He kind of stops them and starts them while they're going through. Huh. It makes a really screechy noise. And huh. I'll have to so, check it out. The, that sounds the good. The process is right up my alley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will check this out. Yeah. yeah Aaron, Aaron raises the glasses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the process. <laughs> Um, you mentioned riding your bike around town. Do you do you commute by bike here in Portland? Yeah, for the most part, either by bike or on the bus. <laughs> nice. Are you um what what 
to you is the delineation. Are you more of a bike person or a bus person or a little bit of both? Um, not, not that there needs to be camps of, of any of those, <laughs> but sometimes folks come down pretty hard in one favor or the other. Yeah, yeah I definitely favor getting around on the, on the bike. I, like the bus is pretty vital to like making me able to get around my bike without having to rely on a car for things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it like it plays its role, but I'm definitely on the bike more often. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it feels more l- reliable. You know, I'm always I hate having to wait for the bus or <laughs> missing a bus yeah. or yeah. yeah, or cutting three blocks over to to catch the bus that yeah. you just missed, and you're like, aha. I just use my bike to catch the bus. Um, excellent. Have you have you had um, so you've you've been biking around in Portland for a while, and this is something we've talked about on the show. Do you feel, or, or what would you say you feel like the current state of uh, biking in Portland is over the time that you've been here? Do you feel like it's uh, progressing, getting getting better, getting worse? There's been a lot of stuff in the news with scooters about and and various <laughs> multimodal share. Um, how's Ooh, how's your will take? there be a scooter song in the Doctor Something's future? An e scooter song? <laughs> Stop! You Stop can't take see. this on. You can't get your scooter on the TriMet. Or sorry, that was my <laughs> shitty scooter song. <laughs> I'll have to leave that one to you. <laughs> okay, I'll come up with the scooter song. <laughs> It feels like a good companion piece to Chillaxin on the Max. Have you ever heard that no. song? It was commissioned by TriMet, and it was like Who a was couple that? of teenagers. Yes. I can't remember what they called themselves now. I wish I had oh, that wow. in my That's brain the, now. The, the TriMet. Yeah. Just try it. Yeah. 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 Nice. And they're like, they're rapping about the safety, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> best mm-hmm. Best practices, yeah. I, the <laughs> so, only the only ones that come to mind. I've seen like the old like nineteen eighties, uh, like eight millimeter reels of when they first launched TriMet, and they're oh, they're talking yeah. about like the do's and the don'ts, and and like mm-hmm. here's the uh, the downtown square of TriMet, and this mm-hmm. is what it is now. And but I I've, I've not caught that one. That one sounds like an excellent one. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't from that long ago. I mean, I guess in in trimet years <laughs> mm-hmm. i think it was maybe about 10 years ago or something okay. maybe nice yeah the scooters um we we got a piece of mail which we'll be getting to a little bit yeah. later but yeah the the scooters i think in town are still getting um they're still getting their fair share of hate yeah they're <laughs> they're getting their con- contentious on um <laughs> which is interesting but uh just having seen, let's see, I, I think I counted eight bikes and three scooters on my way to the studio. So mm. I'd say they're at least being utilized, which yeah, is yeah, nice to see. Yeah, I've been seeing people on the scooters everywhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I guess back to your question about, um, I guess, the state of biking in Portland. Um, I feel like it's a lot more stressful than it was probably about 10 years ago. Uh, but I, you know, I think a lot of it just has to do with much larger population and mm-hmm. a lot there's definitely a lot more car traffic yeah uh these days uh there are some better connections though which is nice you know mm-hmm. there's been certain trouble areas that feel a little easier to get through like like the rose quarter is less of a mm-hmm. a pain i remember that just being feeling like the thunder dome yeah. <laughs> for a while yeah. There. <laughs> yeah it's nice too i remember um yeah, actually, I think this was just recently too. There was a time when they weren't putting uh, 
crossing guards out for blazers games mm. and then it was just like a swath of people every time yeah. the max got <laughs> yeah, off and you're like i understand you want to go see the game but then also you've got like everybody heading home trying to just like <laughs> get, get along with their daily um so i i, I was like ah this feels so nice like the first time they had crossing guards there or maybe it was crossing mm-hmm. guards there again and like you could ride through and not feel like you were gonna either get yelled at or accidentally hit somebody yeah super nice um as far as the the song goes you said you're working on a uh, on a couple that were transit related are those going to be released sort of in a a larger set or more of a, a transit related release or is, was the beaverton tc one more of more of a like this is sweet and i want to write this song and <laughs> and kind of go back to the rest from there yeah, at that time I wrote Beaverton TC. Um, it was kind of a one-off, but uh, yeah, I've come back around to it, and I really wanted to write um, a full transit suite. So that, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to call <laughs> nice. the nice. release. Nice. Um, and yeah, I've started to think. I think there's going to be a volume two. <laughs> nice. But I have a series of five songs right now, um, and so uh, we haven't recorded them all yet. Just Beaverton TC at this point, uh, but. Uh, we did perform all but one of them, which is, it's a little more just a weird kind of minimalist layered textured kind of song. So I don't really have a good live arrangement for it, but it's all just going to be me doing the parts in the studio for that one. But, uh, the four songs we performed, uh, live at the, at the single release show. So, right. um, part of that was just to get the band rehearsed on all the songs. And so hopefully we'll get those recorded soon now that everyone knows. Knows how they go. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it'll be a series of five songs, but now I'm thinking, oh, I should do more because there's more transit centers to cover. Uh, there's there's a, <laughs> a lot more. Like 11, 12? Mm-hmm. I think that's Maybe about right. more. Yeah. Oh, sit down and actually I would count. Have take, <laughs> I'd have to take a shot in the dark at that one, I too. I actually had to know this at one point because mm-hmm. of uh, Lillian's birthday party. Okay. The Spy 30. Um, you had to, one of the challenges was taking a picture of yourself at every transit center mm. only i think two groups actually succeeded that yeah challenge. i'd say i'm saying I'm, I'm really good with the red and the blue line i'm pretty terrible with the other lines yeah, any mm. of the others yeah yeah i know i know there's those things up north but i can't remember what the name of that, that transit center is <laughs> and there's also like tiger you know the ones mm-hmm. that don't actually have rail yeah right goes. right Take the yeah, there's arc. quite a few transit centers that aren't around the max at all. Mm-hmm. And I guess Washington um, Square is technically called a transit center, isn't it? Really? Is it really? There, there's a lot of buses that converge See? there right now. I mean, everything sort of converges right there. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, have you ever got any like official um, response, either pro or con, from TriMet? Or are I they have like, not. Yeah, <laughs> I I guess it does put them in a bit of a sticky position, like whether they like it or not. Yeah, you know, if I, they, I think that's probably that's also why I haven't really contacted them about it. Right, uh, because like part of it is I well, just how want this to be really? like I, I like I kind of want to just make this my statement. I don't want to have to be like try try bets apparatus <laughs> right right gotcha. um and and part of it too is like i don't want to be sued either so I kind of wanna, <laughs> like i don't want to put any like trimet specific branding other than i guess the names of the transit centers right uh-huh. <laughs> interesting so, 
kind of like I just wanted this to be like about I mean part of it is just about my experience of these transit centers and some of it is very directly just about what the transit center is like and then there's there are other songs where it's kind of like it's sort of the setting for like sort of creating like a story or an emotional space <laughs> if that makes sense I have uh, I wrote a song uh, that's it's sort of uh, the idea is it's the the narrator is sort of walking over and catching the Max at the Clackamas uh, Town Center uh, st- Max station and uh, watch seeing the all the picture windows on the McMansions on Mount Scott oh, reflecting yeah. the sunset because it really is kind of an amazing yeah. vista. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but just like that was my life for like a year. Oh you know, wow, working at the at the Clackamas Town Center Mall. And oh then, wow, yeah, so yeah, you might you might be home. able you might be able to identify with this one. Yeah, it's just uh, it's something where I actually didn't work there, but it was loosely based on uh, me working around. Um, uh, yeah, I had this job over near the Sunset Transit Center, but um, it just kind of like. Having a crummy food service job and waiting for transit on the way home, but like actually being able to see some beautiful things yeah. despite it. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's just about someone getting off their food court job at the Clackamas Town Center and waiting for the max and mm-hmm. looking at the pretty hills in the distance. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had people approach you about the song thinking that you are a representative of TriMet or has, has anybody been confused about the about the relationship? Um, I think no, no one in real life has approached me. I think I've gotten like a couple questions online of people going like, so is this like a TriMet commissioned thing? <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> uh, but uh, what I have gotten a lot of is people going like, oh, you should like get TriMet to sponsor you or, you know, <laughs> right. get them to commission works. <laughs> I would, I would think that would put you in a pretty difficult position though yeah i definitely don't want to do it for this project uh you know i want this project to kind of like be its own statement Mm -hmm. you know not have to be beholden to what a large agency has to say and that way you know i can be critical when i want to there's a song about gresham transit center that has you know a lot of thoughts about just kind of the feeling of uh just kind of the lament of of uh service being cut and, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yes, like so. the you're the singer of anthems for the transit crowd. <laughs> okay, I guess so. <laughs> and ho- hopefully, maybe I'll get others to join join in this. So I, I don't have to be. It, it doesn't all have to be my perspective because I don't. I don't want to feel like I'm the voice of oh, transit yeah. writers. Sorry, I didn't mean to make <laughs> you the de facto <laughs> spokesperson either. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> The voice of our generation hey, hey of TriMet. Of right. Tri-Met. Ladies and gentlemen, Allison Dennison. Allison Dennison. Um, we, are there any songs not transit related that you're excited that you're working on? Not really. It's kind of... <laughs> yeah, the rest have, of my library can go to hell. <laughs> like not anything I've been working on recently. Yeah. Recently it has been all the transit project, but it's it, like it's been a good project for just like how do I... It's it's good to have sort of a starting point. It's yeah. like the song doesn't necessarily have to be just about what the transit center is like, but it's a good place to start. It's like mm-hmm. here's something that like takes place at the transit center, or maybe it's yeah, uh, you know, related to the experience there, or something kind of well, lar- larger about it. It's so funny because this whole thing has taken kind of a life of its own, 
Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned earlier, it was originally just a way to deal with like writer's block. Mm-hmm. And, and like now it's just blossomed into this whole like thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is kind of like the, the crazy and really wonderful part of creativity is that, you know, once you can find like some sort of springboard, it, yeah, it starts taking on a life of its own, which is not to say that like writing writes itself, you know, <laughs> songs don't write themselves. There's a lot of hard work in there, but it's yeah. really nice to just make that decision of like, I'm going to just write about this and then see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Nice. No. <laughs> Indeed. Well, um, I, I don't have it queued up, but if we, if we insert it into the episode, would it be all right if we played, 30 or so seconds of no, the sure. song for our for our listeners yeah okay wonderful we'll uh we'll find a way to sneak it in there it's an excellent song by the way yeah otherwise <laughs> uh we wouldn't be sitting here because <laughs> <laughs> um i i thought it was really nice it's i think the instrumentation on it i appreciated because um, i actually never heard the full band version i've only oh, heard okay. it when you played uh i think uh, it was humanity on wheels oh yeah yeah and it was just your keyboard setup <laughs> It's yeah, good. Yeah. 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 It's I mean, yeah, I liked I, it then, so I, I can imagine it's, <laughs> I've got it's it, gotta uh, be even better. I've got it queued up on my on my speakers here. I wonder if it's buffered. I'm gonna give it a try. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely send you the files. Oh wonderful. So. <laughs> cool. Thank you kindly. Um yeah, no, it's 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 good. The I think the it's an instrumentation you don't hear often uh, within, like I'd say the the realm of music that you'd most commonly associate with, like radio listening, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and the you know woodwinds and uh, actually, can you list out the number of instruments that are on it? Because I don't even know if I could pick them all out. Okay, yeah, it's uh, there's two recorder parts that I overdubbed, so. Okay. We've got those woodwinds in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's, two, got, two it's got like this nice cheery like vibe to it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically drums, bass, piano, um, and the two recorder parts. So mm-hmm. it's it's actually not too many instruments, but it's, okay. uh, I think the, the keys make for a big sound. And uh, my drummer, um, uh, Michael Wilding, he's, uh, we also play in this psych rock band called All I Feel Is Yes, but he's just such a a dynamic drummer you know he, he can get loud when he needs to be loud and quiet when he needs to be quiet and he he has so oh, many man, he has so many rap toms yeah. and so many <laughs> cymbals so it, like there's a lot of drum sound in, nice. <laughs> in this playing mm-hmm. good deal um for folks who are listening in do you have any show dates planned or anything up and coming um i'm not sure when when this goes out uh, uh probably later this week so yeah, okay let's, so, let's call it by the end of september for sure okay yeah i have a solo show coming up at the jade lounge on october 5th okay uh, it's a friday and so far that's all i have planned um at some point um there will be a release for the transit suite <laughs> i'm hoping probably early next year um and uh, that'll be like a full band show, and I'll probably have a few solo gigs coming up between now and then. Okay. And if folks want to check out the music of Dr. Something, where can they do so? Um, I have a website. Uh, it's Dr. Something, dr. Something.com, and that has links to everything, but I'm also on Bandcamp and Sound, SoundCloud. 
uh, I'm on all the social media stuff too. If you want to check that out, got some got some good clips from our our uh, release show up on Instagram. So if you oh, cool. want to <laughs> check that out, there's uh, uploaded a bunch of that onto there. Nice, good deal. Well, Allison, thank you yeah, so much for joining for us. Right. Thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Pleasure to have you. And um, we look forward to the, the upcoming releases, also the show on October 5th. Um, we'll go ahead and add those to our calendar as well, so anybody listening in can um, have those dates on hand. And would you like to stick around for our calendar and headlines? Sure. Okay. Excellent. I love, I love, I love, I love don't, don't ever use that. Don't worry, Tim. We will continue to happily do so. Thanks for the headline sounder. And by headline, I mean calendar. Speaking of which... <laughs> I just caught that. <laughs> speaking of which, uh, the second Thursday of every month is the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The second Friday of every month, the Boston Bike Party. Also the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. Also, also the second Friday of every month is the East Bay Bike Party. And the last Friday of every month is the Baltimore Bike Party. And every second Sunday of every Every month right here in Portland is the Corvidai Bike Club Ride. The, uh, let's see, September 29th is the Wheels on Fire 100 in Tucumcari, New Mexico. Also, September 29th is the Disaster Relief Trials in Arlington. More info to come. And October 5th? We should have posted that by now, by the way. Oh, okay. It should be on our Facebook. Oh, good. Oh, excellent. Uh, <laughs> and if it's not... Uh, it will know. be soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming up also October 5th, it was, yes. is the show. Um, where is that again? Uh, Jade Lounge. Jade Lounge. Excellent. Check it out. Oh, that's, that's like right going to be, Anthony. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be like a really nice, tight, you know, like really intimate setting. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Playing with the singer songwriter, Jonathan Oak. Nice. Excellent. Um, on November 9th and November 10th, we've got the Portland Podcast Festival and we will be there showing our support for the members on stage. We didn't make it in this year, but that's okay. Boo. I mean, oh, no, that's cool. That's but cool. that's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be, um, what, what, what is it? The good cop, bad cop or something. Um, it, that's okay. Cause we'll go there and support it anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, no, definitely. <laughs> um, I don't know like what our, what our, like if we'll have any f- official capacity, they're always looking for volunteers and I'm going to try to get that night. And pos- well, it's on a weekend, so I'll have that night free anyways. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we'll be there regardless. Oh, yeah. Yes. And it's such a great, like, thing to happen here. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a blast last year. If you didn't go last year and you were like, huh, maybe I should go this year. You definitely yes. should. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, upcoming filmed by bike tour dates are Hood River in October 30th or on October 30th. Akron, Ohio, November 4th. Arcata, California, November 15th. Bendigo, Australia, November 30th. Phoenix, Arizona on November 30th. And Boise, Idaho, January 18th. And that brings us to... What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? From Barack Didis, we have Holy Shit, New World Record. Holy Shit, indeed. 
Do you have this one up? Yes, I do. This came, uh, well, yeah, it came to us from Brock. Uh, on NPR, woman rides bicycle to 183.9 miles per hour. World record. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fastest human to ride a bicycle over open ground is Denise Mueller Koronek who rode a custom bike at an average of 183.92 or 93.2 miles per hour, shattering a world record that had stood since 1995. That's actually really long. Yeah. As far as records go these days. Uh, Mm -hmm. 45 years old. Yeah. Wow. Killing it. Yeah. This is amazing. I'm going to play just like a quick clip. There's like her getting ready. And now it's buffering. Damn it. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> I think um I think when Oh, there we go. Yeah. Which, you know, this is like a camera like from inside what what they have is like, you know, this car with like a shell behind it. And so she's like catching the draft from this car and just staying in within the draft. <clears throat> And so it kind of doesn't look like much because you just see this inside, but Mm -hmm. that's 183 miles per hour. Yeah. Well, every now and then, and you see like a a little safety cone, but it's just like, it's a little blip. (laughs) (laughs) It was interesting too, because I think um, I read in the article, she was trying to go for 175, but then like just kind of had a good run. (laughs) (laughs) You know, by another eight or so miles an hour. That's incredible. Yeah. I think the joke was... um, they they hit above their target window and so apparently um uh, apparently when you do that the officials like make you uh reconsider your attempts or something like that so she's like well they won't let us back on so it's good good that we did 183 that first time um based on safety i'm I'm guessing or or some set of set of standards for that but yeah congratulations to denise on breaking the 183.9 mile per hour a new world record yes the one for hopefully many years to come um and that might be like our only i think the fastest i've ever gone is like maybe 45 miles an hour i doubt maybe. i've ever reached that i think it yeah, also comes from riding as early long haul trucker. <laughs> 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 whatever those whatever those top out at I'm, yeah i'm thinking maybe i've come close to 40 like going down big sur you know mm. like fully loaded coming yep. down the hill yep but yeah i doubt i even average like in the 20s like mm-hmm. you know commuting oh yeah i'm a solid like 9 to 12 <laughs> i was going to say i i'm maybe like 12 to 13 miles per hour average yeah hanging out in the 12 to 13 <laughs> crowd yeah. it's okay probably there too oh yeah unless i see one of those you know those carps speedometer things on mm-hmm. the road and I'm oh, like, yeah. oh my god, like, I'm really fast yeah. and see how fast I can go. <laughs> Those are fun. Yes. It's like your like yes. your encouragement. <laughs> Although uh, yeah, I rarely get to even close to twenty. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. like, oh I got sixteen. <laughs> I think the last time I hit over like twenty on it, I was like, yeah, and then I realized that there was a car right behind me. So I think oh. I was probably doing <laughs> yeah. like, you know, whatever. Uh but but I got helped through the through the finish line with the car. Um yeah, so that is it for our headlines um in that case we have exactly from my count one piece of this we got mail 
All right. We have one piece of mail. This came to us from MacNurse David with just a, uh, the caption is, this is dumb. Oh, yep. <laughs> uh, and I gotta, I gotta agree with him. It's a, it's a picture of a sign. Uh, and it says, e-scooters do not enter the park per Portland city code. And then the code number e-scooters are not permitted in parks, including waterfront park. Yep. Which is, in- including the East bank Esplanade. Right. Right. I was going to say that if, also, if you want to, if you want to go bank. from Burnside street to Belmont, guess what sucker? You've got to go in the road. Water Avenue. Maybe I guess, yeah. you know, but yeah. So I, I have this to say is when has there ever been a sign like that for e-bikes? Good the, point. The yeah. answer is never. Or even just bicycles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, e-bikes are also technically illegal in Waterfront Park and the East Bank Esplanade. You, really? You, you'll yeah. never see a sign for that. Like as, it, as it, it falls under that same, that same yep. city code. The exact same code. Wow. Yep. So I think it is kind of shameful, honestly. A little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's either let everybody in and just call it a day or let's let nobody in or and just, actually enforce the law yeah, as it's it, written. Um, but it feels a little picky choosy to me on the part of uh, the park service. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little over the, the scooter hate. I yeah. gotta say, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I could understand like when they were like just f- first introduced and, and you know, it's this whole, like, this is, this is totally new. I'm not sure how it's going to play well with the existing modes of trans of traffic or uh, modes of transportation and i can even understand like some of the bikey people going like you know well this is infrastructure that now we have to like give up that was kind of ours at one point Hmm. but i'm kind of over it (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's another it's another more active Mm -hmm. mode of transportation yes it's motorized and you don't necessarily like scoot it so mm-hmm. yeah you are just standing on a platform but I, yeah you're not in a car you're not you know uh wasting ex- mm-hmm. exhaust or, or gasoline I, to get from point a to point b those things don't top out at a very high speed do they 15, like 15 mm-hmm. yeah. i mean it's it's high like but, I, yeah. I don't pedal 15 on the regular but also if you've ever looked at them going but, down the street the number that are actually hitting 15 based on their charge is also not 100 yeah. percent either no 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 i well and I, also just like compared to like an actual you know motorized vehicle you mm-hmm. know right. like a motorbike it's not a comparable speed no not yeah. at all yeah. not at all i think every single argument i've seen against scooters can be the exact same argument you would use to advocate against driving and the consequences <laughs> of driving <laughs> yeah are like much worse in my opinion uh yeah. you know like people aren't aren't paying attention well guess what neither do people that drive cars uh you know all, all that sort of jazz so they're too to not to even credit but to like acknowledge that there has been um a couple of instances in which people have been in accidents on scooters in portland i think one of them resulted in a broken arm um last week and i mean like we're talking a broken arm again i feel very bad for, that this happened to this person yeah, yeah. broken um, arm sucks regardless. yeah broken anything mm-hmm. sucks i mean that's that's the whole goal of uh vision zero but at the same time uh I've seen more people using that as a form of easy, accessible transit than any 
other form that I've seen launched in Portland. Yeah. Like it's yeah. uh, astounding. Um, and I've now had a chance to ride one too. We had a friend in town from Eugene the other day. And instead of him having to go get his car, drive up to the house and meet us, we walked down the block, got a scooter, and he just scooted home with us when we rode our bikes. Nice. Like that is the kind of trip that you want to encourage. So I think that putting, um, I think that putting that sign out is, is hubris. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not on the, I'm not on the scoot hate train either. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever really was, no, you no. know, I was maybe scooter skeptical. Scooter skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> like, I nice. think I have some skepticism of like the business model, Yeah, yeah. But, no, it, but like the actual mode of transport, I'm basically like, Oh, that, that's pretty cool. I saw a guy uh, who, who I don't know if he was paying for two scooters or if he had hotwired or, or what, but he, mm. he had two scooters, one foot on each scooter <laughs> oh, wow. riding down. Awesome. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and like, at that point I was like, okay, I decided I like the scooter. That yeah. takes some skill. Yeah. And yeah. again, like, you know, what's, what's the risk of injury really? Like, I would say mostly to that person, mm -hmm. you know, screwing around. Yeah. On the in scooter. terms of like public health, it's like they mostly have their life in their hands, but they're right. not affecting everyone around them that yeah. much. Yeah. Like it's uh, whenever, uh, they're unlikely to cause injury to others. Yeah. I, I use, I use sort of that same argument whenever like someone like razzes me for rolling through a stop sign on my bike. I'm like, okay, so the person or the, the thing that is going to like, uh, be hurt the most by that action is me. You know, if, if I get hit by a car, it's, it's really going to suck. But if a car runs a stop sign, like, you know, most people don't bat an eye, they would just be like, ah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, that's, that's maybe screw double uh, standards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. I, yeah, I, I'm I, totally with you, Allison, on yeah. the, on the like <laughs> corporatocracy of yeah. it. Oh, um, totally. I think there's pr actually many other better ways that we could go about distributing scooter share or share like systems. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's kind of, there's a lot of, uh, avoiding centralized liability that goes into how, mm, how the system is yeah. structured that mm. makes me kind of worried. <laughs> Interesting. I will say to their credit, a lot of the scooters go way further out than the bike shares. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. I was, um, when I did the band practice, we were out at like, uh, 150th and Holgate or so. Mm -hmm. And I got out of the practice, looked across the street and there was a pair of scooters mm -hmm. just waiting out in the middle of Southeast. So yeah, I mean, this, the di distribution system, um, it, it, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I think that, mm -hmm. I think that economy is definitely going to like go through its growing pains as any, new technology sure. on the public ish market goes. Um, but I think it's, I think it's ticking so many boxes for mm -hmm. not also ticking so many boxes that we don't want it to tick. Right. Right. I go back to the, uh, the scooter bros, you <laughs> know, that I, that I see that they're actually, I think going to be like their own subgroup of people <laughs> <laughs> like these possibly like from out of town or maybe from out into the suburbs, but like, Possibly tourists, you know, very broad out um, running these scooters at like probably as 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 high of, of mm -hmm. a speed as they can get them or or whatever. <clears throat> and my first initial reaction is always like kind of one of annoyance or or like rolling my eyes, but mm -hmm. always coming back to like, but they're not doing these the same stupid shit in a car, which. Yep. 
probably would have happened otherwise if there wasn't the scooter share available, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. And, and if that was the only user of the scooter, which it's not, but mm-hmm. if that was the only demographic that was using the scooter, I would still be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. fact is, like, there's a, a level of accessibility that these things are, are providing that, um, like, like we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. just ha- it's tapping this, this level of accessibility that just hasn't been yeah. tapped mm-hmm. in any other way. Well, and speaking of accessibility, too, I think one of the things uh, I've, I've actually noticed the most about it now that it's been here a while is that I've seen more kids on scooters than any other form of transit available. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, straight up um, yes like i i would even go into the like tenths or 20 percentish range of people who are using those that i've seen at least out in our neighborhood um it's kids who just you know ha- we all have cell phones these days or at least <laughs> very, uh, yeah. very yeah. many people do so i mean if if you're if if biking is uncool so be it to our to our 13 and 14 year olds but w- there's a lot of folks out there on scooters who are having a good time so mm-hmm. that's really nice to see it was very heartening to see um a lot of kids on scooters in summary cut the hate <laughs> stop hating on scooters stop the hate no stop more no hate. more signs yes. on the waterfront we, we know yeah. that it's in the code the code is bad rewrite the code <laughs> the if, code the code doesn't reflect the desire unjust, of the public is it worth following <laughs> that's that's the real question that, that may not actually apply in this situation <laughs> so what we should um or probably shouldn't link uh portland parks uh <laughs> or something like that no i suppose not we, we won't do that but if you want to write them a note you can um and that brings us to the end of yet another episode. <laughs> Stop the hate, everybody. Stop the hate. Scoot, scoot. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio. Thanks to, in part, by <clears throat> with to the generous support of Open Signal. I tried by memory. I tried. You're good. You're good. That and, and you're good because our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Her bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katrina Melamgard. Wayne Norman, Ethan Georgie, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lee and Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weitz, Todd Parker, Dan Gebhardt, who's, who's a time, time traveler, traveler. Dave, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, Caleb, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna. She's actually home right now. Oh, nice. Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw. Right there. Aaron Green, author of We're Like Sons and founder of The Regrainery. Campsite, Mackners, David, Nathan Poulton. Chris Rossin, Rory in Michigan, Michael Florney. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman. Harry Hugel, EJ Finneran, good to see you the other week. Brad Hipwell. Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom. Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner. Jason Offenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris Barron. Sean and Chris Barron and Chris Barron. Oh, it's on the other line. It's tricky this week. (laughs) Sean Barron, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, Dude Luna, Matthew Roots, 
Marshall and Paula Funatake at or Paula at Funatake Cycle Craft. And to all of our former donors who've helped us get this far. Now, brush your teeth and go to bed.
Beaverton, D.C. Beaverton, D.C. Beaverton, D.C.